so today's share is once again sponsored Rufur Shalem and Yisheva Bas Sora. Uh, that should be a Rufur Shalem with the schos of today's share. We're in the middle of the Sukhiv I want to mention to you a very famous Yisheva that I'm sure all of you are familiar with. This is not something new, but it's important. And that is the Yisheva from Yisheva Salanta. Yisheva Salanta once traveled to a distant town in order to speak to uh, various people. And uh, there was one particular person that he was due to speak to was from, from the muscle movement. People that try to sort of, you know, all sorts of things and they try to follow people to follow them, whatever. And Rebbe wanted to convince him to change of his ways. Now, amongst many things that he said, Rebbe mentioned the tremendous miracles which the Ramban talks about at the end of Parshish Boy, being the Yisoyed of Amun of Yid, is really in Parsha's boy because it talks about Yitzhak's Mitzrayim. And we know that the Yisod of Yid is all about Yitzhak's Mitzrayim because the night of Seder night is a night of Emuna. Why is the night of Seder night the night of Emuna? Because we discuss Yitzhak's Mitzrayim. And as we said yesterday, we spoke about the idea that not only did the Rabbi Nishram create the world, but the Rabbi Nishram continues to run the world down to the minutest detail. Okay? Therefore, Yitzhak Mitzrayim illustrates that in an incredible way. Therefore, Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the story that goes with it is the Yisod of Aramuna. Okay? So, Yitzhak was basically trying to impress on him the Gvaldiganism that the Rabbi Shalom did for Klal Yisrael by Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And the Maskell said, listen, I'm really sorry. It's a great story and I'll say it to my kids before they go to bed tonight. But I don't believe anything you're saying. What do you say? God brought down these ten plagues and split the sea. and It's cute. It's nice. Maybe we'll make a nice Hollywood movie. But Lemaisa, I think it does. But Lemaisa, at the end of the day, I don't believe it. That's what he told you. He told Salanta. I bet you don't believe it. Why does God, he said, not reveal himself today? If he's really here, let him, believe, let, let him reveal himself right now. I want to see something now. Oh, you're telling me, uh, thousands of years ago, God did that. Okay, very nice. Let me see something now. And if not, I don't believe it. So Yubisosalanta decided at that point not to answer him. In the meantime, this Maskell's young daughter came home from school. Now, she had a very good education. She was on a very good school. And she came back from school and she proudly showed her father her diploma in ballet dancing that she just received from the non-Jewish school, unfortunately, that she was attending. So the Maskell, right, was bursting with good Yiddish and Nachas over his wonderful's daughter's achievements and he you know he had the rabbi there so let me show the rabbi the old diploma so he takes the diploma and shows it to Rabbi Saul Salanta and he said look look what my daughter did she has a diploma in ballet dancing Rabbi Saul Salanta says I don't believe it I don't believe it who, who said she could dance huh. if she wants to prove she could dance that I'm gonna see, I want to see right now I want to see right now the daughter was insulted chutzpah huh. I have to dance in front of you to prove that I can dance? You don't want to believe my diplomas? I can't. Get out of here. I'm not interested. Ah, Salanta turned to the maskil and he said, Ah, now I can answer your question. God already danced for us, already by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. He, quote-unquote, proved his existence at that moment of time with millions of people watching at that moment. Someone's going to say, Well, I don't believe he exists because I don't see it now. That's too bad. We have the diploma. We have what to prove it with. The Rabbi Shalom doesn't need to dance in front of every skeptic and doubter in the world. The Rabbi Shalom already showed us. Now it's our chance to show him. And the truth is, that's something that's very, very important. You know, We're not here to prove God's existence. 
right? And this is not really the, the, the format to do that, and, and it's very hard to do that, and there's a reason for that, which we're not going into the moment of time. But it's very, very much the idea that we have to live with, you know, the Rabbanish who created the world, he continues to run the world, and therefore, everything that happens comes from the Rabbanish Shlolem. I, I remember, you know, I'm sure there are many stories about this, just one story that comes to mind that I personally, you know, knew the person. There was a Yid that lived in America, and he had a great business, and his business went down. Crashed down. I met him in America at one point for yeshiva, and he was, like, not crying, but he was, what's going to be? What's going to be with business? I don't know what's going to happen to me, I don't know what's going to be. I had a good business now, I've got nothing, like, where am I going to go from here, whatever. All of a sudden, Corona came, boom, the whole business shut up. Like, we have no idea how the Rabbanishram does things in the world that we just don't understand. You know, there's a famous story of these two brothers that sold iPads. And uh, this, was way be- this was right before Corona, right? Right before Corona, they decided, whatever, now right before Corona, they decided they're going to invest in a lot of these iPads. And for whatever reason, it didn't work, and they were stuck with a warehouse of iPads. And they're like, uh-oh, we've just invested a ton of money into this. What are we going to do now with all the iPads? And all of a sudden, Corona came, equals Zoom, everyone needed iPads, boom, they made a lot of money. There are many stories about this. Well, why am I telling you these stories? Because there are some times in life that we, if we don't trust, look, what a life you can lead if you don't trust in the Rabbi Nishlalem. If you don't trust in Hashem, everything is difficult, everything is hard, everything is depressing, because what's going to be? When you believe in the Rabbi Nishlalem and you trust that there's a Rabbi Nishlalem and He knows what we need and He loves us, as we said yesterday, and we can't keep on saying it, we can, we should, again and again and again, how much the Rabbi Nishlalem loves us, then we live a different life. Now, we're holding right now in the year of Shemitah. Now, the year of Shemitah, I know it's not affecting us on a daily basis, because number one, we're not farmers, and we don't own fields. So therefore, Shemitah isn't really bothering our lives too much. But number one, there are many Yiddish farmers out there that it is. These people are giving up their business, and you could just imagine it yourself. Imagine if you owned an Amazon business, drop shipping, or whatever, and you decide, you know what? I want to go to Israel. I'm going to go to Yeshiva, I'm going to go learn. It's a great idea. What's going to be the business? Uh, I don't know, I'm just going to leave it. What's everyone going to tell you? Are you crazy? Get someone to work it for you. Get someone to take it over. Do it from Eretz Yisrael. Well, you can't just leave your business. It's <laughs> not how it works. And yet these farmers are literally leaving their business. They stopped. They dropped everything when it came the minute of Rosh Hashanah that we just had. For one whole year, they're leaving it. And, and as I always say, it's not just for one year. <laughs> one year. No, so it's one year. No, no. We've got six more years to work. No, no, no. These people are literally having an opportunity, they're losing the chance of some of the connections that they have for many years to come. For example, the, the field that we went to in Yeshiva last year, in Mashav Azaria, so we met Doron, and he told us it's not so simple. He doesn't just drop everything and just sit and learn all, all year, which is very wonderful. He has people who buy from him that will no longer buy from him, because now he's keeping Shemitah, so he hasn't got anything. So they're going to move on to someone else. Which means after Shmita, he's going to come up and say, Hi, can I have my contract back? They're going to be like, Oh, I'm really sorry, we've already signed the contract for three years. So it could be that he'll lose his money for years to come. Now he has a Munan Hashem, and that's what the Mitzvah Shmita is all about. And that's what the whole Yisoyed is. The Chinuch brings down that the whole Mitzvah Pedalit, that the whole Yisoyed of Shmita is a Munan Hashem. And by the way, we have this on a Shabbos basis. We might not have this on a Shemitah basis, but we have this on a Shabbos basis. That every Shabbos... Now, Baruch you guys don't know this yet. Because, you know, you guys don't, are not running businesses and warehouses and offices and whatever. 
And if you are, let me know, please, because I'll take your most of the money. But in a Maisa, one day, Mitzvah Shem, you may own a business, you may have people working for you, you may have a warehouse, you may have companies, you may have all sorts of things. Do you know how hard it is to close it on Shabbos? Close the website, close the laptop, close the computer, close the business, close the store, close everything. You know what that is? By the way, it's not easy. So if you're running a Jewish Yiddish business, I hear. But if you're running a business where it's a Goyish business and everyone's, you're stopping for once a week, it's, it's really hard. But what does it do? It demonstrates our Muna in the Rabboni Shalom. We understand that the Rabboni Shalom created the world and like the Gemara and Tainis told us, we just had it in Dafayomi, right? Chavdalet. The Gemara says, whoever makes oil light can also make vinegar light. Because it's the same Rabboni Shalom. We get confused and we think that we're running the world. You know the famous Moshe of Shalom Shadron always says. This is one of my most famous Moshalim. Okay? You know this? This is Gavaldik. One of my most famous Moshalim is like this. This is a true story. There was a guy in Eretz in Yerushalayim by Kinisala E. Right? You know when you come up from the buses up to Yerushalayim, there's like a whole intersection with loads of buses and cars this way, that way, roads, whatever, right? There was a guy who was a little bit mishiga. He lost a couple of screws, not just one, he lost a few. And he was standing underneath the traffic light. Yeah? Now he was directing the traffic, at least he thought he was directing the traffic. Every time he saw the car slowing down, he's like, hey, stop, stop! Okay, you guys can come this way, please, now. Yeah? And everyone was laughing at him because he's an idiot. Because on top of him was a red light or a green light and that was really doing it. But he thought it was him. So with Shalom Shadron, we do the same thing in our own lives. We think it's us. We're making the money. We're making the decisions. We're in the driving seat. But uh, there's a, a source right above. And that's the Rabbi Nishalom who's making all the decisions. We have to live with this. That's what we have to do. We mamash have to live with this. You know, just to give a small example on a basic level. I don't know how many of you use Waze or Google Maps. But uh, when I'm in America, for example, I trust it, mamish, but munish lema. Because I don't know my way from Brooklyn to Lakewood. It's impossible. You know, in England, when you drive, it's quite simple. There's one road that takes you from London to Manchester, and it's like simple. You could, like, you could mamish, just go. Just go, 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 go. In America, kinaina horror. Every five years, you get off Waze for one minute. Yes, it is. Trust me. You've got to take off Waze for one minute. You're doing this way, that way, that way. Within 10 minutes, you've got to make a turn somewhere. It's crazy. So I follow Waze. I'm, I'm a Waze guy. I don't know. Some people are Google Maps. I don't know how it works. I, I, I do Waze. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure because Google Maps knows the lanes. And sometimes in Manhattan, I get a little bit confused. Whatever. Yeah, it does. They updated it. The Garden State Park Park. Turnpike, all these familiar words. Okay, the point. The point is, the point is that I trust Waze. Why do I trust Waze? Because I don't know how to get there. You do. I trust you. Says the Messiah to show him. You have a guy that goes in a, in, a, in a maze. You ever went on one of the? I did it on a shadow date once. I went on one of these human mazes. Yeah, corn maze. Corn, corn maze. Yeah. Corn maze. So I went on a corn maze, right? Now imagine if you get lost and it's getting dark. They're out to close, and there's a loudspeaker because there's a guy in a big tower there who says, "Okay, you're going the wrong way. Turn left." You're like, "Excuse me, sir. I know what I'm doing." I'm just good. Now, that's a typical man thing to do, by the way. Men don't like to ask instructions. Men will never ask instructions. They'll be there. The wife will be like, I don't understand. Why don't you just ask someone the way? No, no, no. I know the way. You get a new machine. She'll be like, well, open up the manual and see how it works. Man will be like, don't worry. I got this. I got this. Her name is Muskin to me. By the way, by the way, do you know the only time this is not true? The only time this is not true is Seder night. On Seder night, we have an instruction booklet 
that tells us, pick up the cup. Oh, okay, fine, sure. No, pick up the cup. Do... Put down the cup. Uncover the matzah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the weirdest thing that on Sunday night, every man's listening to everything. That's the shmooze for Pesach. But the assumption <laughs> is, however much a man doesn't like listening to instructions, as long as we realize that, you know, we're bottled diet, we have to. We go to Waze, we go to Google Maps. Why do we do that? Because we don't know. It says in Masilis to show him, sometimes we don't know. And we have to give over to a higher authority, whether it's a Rebbe, whether it's Das Torah, and the Ramayin Shalom. That's ultimately what we have to do. We have to mavatl our dals to the Rabbi Nishalalim. And that's what Amuna is. That's what Betochen is. And that's what we're doing over here. Rabbi Sai, let's be machazak ourselves. Let's be machazak ourselves. Let's think, next time we're walking in the street, think, we're across the road. Who's crossing us the road? Who's stopping the car? It's not us. Yes, we have to do Ishtadlas. Of course we have to do. But ultimately, it's the Rabbi Nishalalim. Because the Rabbi Nishalalim is running the world in every detail. As the Baal Shem Tov was one time giving Sheh, and the Talmudim were watching, as a leaf fell down in front of him and landed on a blade of grass. So the Heilige Baal Shem Tov, if that happens, it's because the Rabbanu Shalom deemed fit for that blade of grass to get a bit of shade right now. That means the Rabbanu Shalom is looking at every blade of grass. If he cares about every blade of grass, can you imagine how much he cares about human beings? And if he cares about human beings, could you imagine how much more so he cares about a Yid, who is his chosen people, who, who he loves, who he chose, who are doing his Avodah Hashem as much as they possibly can and trying their best to get close to him? He loves us. He wants the best of us. He looks after us. He directs us. But we have to look for him. If you don't look for him, he's not going to be found. Play hide and seek, and you're not looking, you're not going to find anyone. We're looking for the Rabbani Shalom. We're looking for the Rabbani Shalom in our lives. We're looking for the Rabbani Shalom in every detail of our lives. And Be'ezah Shalom will continue next time.